most clients that come in with an SME mindset, so in the aspect of, you could say, frugality, so they do want to be able to um, achieve so much, such as they may want to, in this case, um, you could say, for example, use paid ads on Facebook to get X amount of sales, or, or in this case, being able to start, start like an email campaign. But what they do actually underestimate is that they were not prepared financially to be able to approach an agency and say that I would like to outsource my marketing work towards you. This is That Marketing Podcast. Made by marketers for marketers. Welcome to another episode of That Marketing Podcast from Spotler UK. As part of season two, we are speaking to people from all kinds of different industries, getting their take on how they approach marketing, what they've seen, the trends and things that are coming out. And we are now joined by uh, Peter Toure Jr., who's a, an agency owner of Content45, to have a little chat about what works for him, what works for his clients, and hopefully bring it all together with some stats to back it up. Peter, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much, Richard. It's a pleasure to be on the Spotler platform, and I hope today I can really get some inspiration and some insight into the audience watching this um, episode today. Thank you. No worries, sounds really good. Okay, um, when, we were, when we were discussing this, when we were sort of planning this episode before we did the recording, mm-hmm. you said that your business traditionally relies really heavily on sort of networking and referrals, but yes. I imagine that the pandemic's made a bit of a dent in, or certainly made a shift in how that works. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's your experience been of how it's, shift, uh, of how it's shifted? Well, um, thank you very much for ask, asking that question, Richard. Um, to be honest, though, by nature of any kind of agency, um, mostly it's, in this case, networking and referrals. That's how we managed to get our new business. But in this case, what I'll say is that it's actually shifted from network and referrals to more content marketing, SEO, and referrals. So in this case, though, um, during the past year and a bit, so let's say about the start of 2020 up until now, um, Mainly done my agency and my team have been focusing on being able to have more, you could say, um, content online, especially when it comes to search engines, when it comes to trying to, in this case, increase our search engine higher than one, Google, Yahoo, Bing, being able for people to know that we exist. Because as we know, um, most businesses out there have been focusing on homework and actually, in this case, they started working remotely. And what better way to, to actually let people know that you still exist despite a pandemic than rather actually trying to be in front of them on search engines where even before though, um, in this case, COVID time, so people were still searching for products, um, products, services, and also in this case, you can say the actual services of a marketing agency. So people will search for this online and they will see it based on our portfolio, um, past content, um, even, for example, the past work that we've actually worked with and also even, for example, some kind of content. So this is how we managed to um, make that shift to be more focused on online and search engines. That was our go-to area to ensure that people still know that we exist. Sure. I mean, when we did, hopefully people listening to remember back in season one, we did we had a chat about SEO. Yeah. And one of the principles I said there was that it's easier to start it's easier to start things off than to try and sort of fix them back into so how how long did it take you to sort of see results when you've gone when you've suddenly gone back to what without what how long did it take you to see results when you've gone back to your content and gone right this this is the content that worked for networking but now we need organic SEO have you meant what's the kind of timeline like for, for getting those things up and running effectively 
Sure. Well, um, since the pandemic began, we saw that it took around approximately six to eight months to actually start getting some actual um, growth in actual um, search engines, actually, you could say, um, indexing our content, or actually indexing who we are as an agency. And um, mainly because the way that I see is that um, I won't, I won't you could say sugarcoat it to anyone that is a marketer, a business, or actually even like an agency owner, but um, SEO is a gradual process of being able to build up not only just your content, but the way that you talk about your content from your keywords, um, how you describe yourself, even the kind of past content that you've actually either, like done before, the be it could be videos, blog articles. Um, as long as you consistently work on your actual content marketing, though, whatever you are, though, then gradually, though, um, search engines begin to pick up the what is your relevance and how they actually rank you. Though. So six to eight months was roughly the, the time scale to actually see some actual good results on um, actually having people see us and actually see, see us see us and actually say catch us um, on a different kind of search queries. Sure. Okay. And then what kind of content are you producing? What or what content is working well for your strategy? With, with you, you mentioned content marketing in there. Mm-hmm. At present, um, mostly YouTube videos in terms of being able to give my advice or critique on what I think are certain digital topics, as well as also even blog articles. Reason why we say this, um, even if, for example, we do not have, in this case, businesses or brands are directly buying into us, they will still be searching to see what we're doing or what we're all about, especially when it comes to marketing agencies. And in this case, the next best way that we market is based on the kind of content because the kind of content we produce actually allows us to see us as we, in this case, are leaders. We, in this case, actually have a good level, good level of sorry about that, a good level of expertise on certain digital topics, everything from um, social media management to how to start an email campaign to whether in this case um, businesses or brands know to be, you can say in this case, you can say um, GDPR, um, you can say like GDPR, uh, you can say like compliant with their data. Um, these are the kind of topics that we actually um, produce right now to ensure though that people can see that we are staying on top of the trends and, and also in this case, you can say um, being savvy right now. Sure, I mean, especially when you get people um, engaging with the content you're putting out there. when. When they do actually come to you and they you know someone said right you know we don't know what we're doing marketing we need to get some agency advice in here mm-hmm. when when they come to you is there is there often a disconnect between you know they'll, they'll probably come to you thinking this is what we need help with mm-hmm. and then do you often sort of look at them and they actually know no you know what you need to focus on this this and that or, or are people actually quite savvy about what they need they just can't do it <laughs> very good question richard well um when it comes to any kind of business or brand, when they do tend to inquire, there is a very big disconnect and it's very often. The reason why, um, the way I see it is that in the way that myself and my team have actually managed to, you could say, profile is that um, clients and businesses have two types of, you could say, um, types of, like, of say like profiles to them. So it's either that they come with the actual SME mindset or they come with the all talk but little action mindset. And what I mean by this is um, most clients that come in with an SME mindset, so in the aspect of, you could say, frugality, so they do want to be able to um, achieve so much, such as they may want to, in this case, um, you could say, for example, use paid ads on Facebook to get 
X amount of sales or, or in this case, being able to start start like an email campaign. But what they do actually underestimate is that they were not prepared financially to be able to approach an agency and say that I would like to outsource my marketing work towards you. But also on the other hand, you do get the um, types, types of what I said, which are all talk and little action. Now, what I mean by this is that they pretty much, you could say, can sometimes um, sell us or even sell like other agencies, you could say, pipe dreams of their actual um, business goals, their marketing goals, or what they want to do. But they rarely commit in terms of working together, though, as an agency, because um, one thing I would advise is that any kind of business or brand that wants to work with an agency, they need to be prepared to commit. So just like how you would have a relationship such as like a marriage, you have a husband and wife, they were actually committing together to make it work. You have to see it as um, an agency and actual client relationship is almost like a marriage. You need to marry together and also work together to actually build this long-term goal that you're planning. Um, what I've seen right now is that when it comes to, in this case, sectors such as um, FMCGs, you've also got hospitalities and B2B, um, they will mostly need email marketing. And what I've also understood is that um, within the first five years of any business launching, about in this case, you could say 65% of businesses actually use email and CRM. Reason why? Most of the time they're looking to, in this case, either acquire new customers, or in this case, you could say, um, try to keep, keep, keep to that former customers and keep current customers. And what better way than in this case to actually have an email list and actually be able to communicate with, in this case, um, your actual own clientele base or like your own customer base. So usually when um, businesses come towards us, though, they may have an understanding or they may not have a stronger understanding. That's why they would approach us with our expertise. So this would be one of the examples. But also, on the other hand, though, um, Many businesses such as um, professional services, so for example, people that are lawyers, um, people that are accountants, um, tech industry, and even for example, influencers, they need more, you could say, paid ads as well as content marketing. But most of the time, they'll go on the basis of they want to just sell their service onto someone. And in this case, before that can happen, though, people need to, in this case, you could say, um, hey, like for example, in this case, you could say, have that scope of how they can actually understand who they are as a person, as well as also what kind of content that they produce. Because that also, in this case, is an actual marketing investment that they need to invest more into for long-term gain. And especially when it comes to these kind of industries at startup level, they may not understand it until eventually when they need to, in this case, sell on something that makes them profit, then they understand that I need to invest in other things first to build trust, to build actually, like you say, a good sense of credibility first before I can actually convert my actual customers or my audience long term. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's when I follow a lot of content marketing people on LinkedIn. As I said, like you know, not content marketing. The ROI isn't weeks or months. It's probably more like years because you just build up this body of you know that these guys have been talking about. For example, you know, if these guys have been talking about GDPR consistently for the last three years, definitely they've they've definitely got. A handle like anyone can publish one blog and then leave it but if you keep sort of reviewing all the different the updates and the changes and the shifts and the case studies and the finds that do get handed out correct yes i mean sort of follow up to that question I'd, i'm going to guess that it fits into those two profiles as well but are there are there often channels where people think that they know what they're doing it's just the implementation that they're handed with or they um no that's not a very good way of phrasing it i'll start that again are there particular channels where people 
assume they know what they're doing, but they don't. I mean, SEO is probably the key one. It's one of those things that I think everyone feels like they understand, but mm. when you dive into actual strategies, it's a lot more complicated than people initially think it is. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Well, um, yes, SEO, though, most people, to be honest, SEO is almost like an alien term to some, um, you, could say, mm-hmm. um, you could say, businesses. I mean, um, SEO usually... People have an understanding of it when they do come across a digital marketer, when they do come across an agency, but they may not know in this case how to actually do it. That's why sometimes if they do understand its value, then they will go to an SEO agency. However, one of our, or shall I say two other channels in which people think that they know it all, but there's, you could say, example, scope for them to improve will be uh, back to what I was saying about email and CRM and even, for example, um, in this case, you could say um, social media. Now, what I mean by this is that when it comes to email and CRM, this has been around for decades. So let's say even, for example, more than 50 years. And um, what what people don't understand is that for you to, in this case, um, have, have, have like in this case, you could say good email campaigns that actually get results. It usually is a blend between creative as well as being direct. And what I mean by this is that it's a blend between how to craft a good email template versus how to write contextually for your audience. And in this case, this is why um, one of the skills that I would highly recommend when it comes to, in this case, running an agency or even doing any digital campaign is being able to copyright. Now, copyright, we're not talking about the um, actual, actual protection for, you could say, brands or even, for example, creative work. We're talking more about simply how to write. and not everyone um, has that savviness to want to write, even likes writing to begin with. So sometimes people will think though that the best way to approach email is by being able to just sell on your product or sell on the, your product range, be it that you could own like a clothing line or you could sell drinks to someone and they could think though that that's the only way. But however, email, as just, just what I said right now, all falls down to CRM, so customer relationship management. And it's all about, in this case, building a rapport, building a long-term relationship with people though, by actually emailing them to the actual inbox. But whilst you do that, you need to do it, it though, like in this case, you could say, in a way though that it will actually build up trust and people can also be informed about your brand, also what kind of topics or affairs that you stand for. Then gradually though, that builds up to eventually wanting to convert. So some people get the idea of email being another sales channel when it's also a way of how to build a community. Now, on the other hand, when it comes to um, organic social media though, um, many people understand the nature of actually social media, especially with, for example, some of the trends that I was reading once was that by next year, um, social media is more gonna be social commerce. Now, if I was to put that in context, if you can just imagine though the last time that you flicked through Facebook or Instagram, you notice that you see that there's a lot more ads in your newsfeed. And the reason why I go about that and saying this is because most, in this case, you could say businesses, both small, medium sized, even large enterprises, though, they focus on being able to see social media as a way to advertise their products, advertise their affairs, maybe advertise an event or some kind of initiative. And in this case, as also trends going forward though, more businesses will be able to use um, 
adds to not only just on organic but shift over to paid and that's the reason because they also see it as a way now to be able to um in this case go forward towards the, the kind of audiences that they're dealing with in this case it could be for example um stuff like young people though particularly you could say people though that are actually in their 20s to 30s that are most active on these channels and even with the whole um you could say um boom of for example like instagram reels or even tiktok people like this whole you could say short-term video content because it's a way to in this case captivate their attention span and be able to in this case keep them engaged and a lot of brands or a lot of businesses that are, that are like for example especially b2c brands that they've seen the opportunity and how they can leverage video though but in a manner though that would help them to in this case show their message across though but they are still also able to captivate that fan base though so not every you could say um in this case you could say business though may know what to do when it comes to any of these channels however just by in this case looking at what's going on though that can help them actually work right now though on how they can actually achieve this but in this case though when they come into an agency though then it's a matter of being able to approach it in a strategic manner though towards getting the results that you're after yeah i wonder how much there's a trend of people with things that social media companies data is just so much better of course. I mean, we've, we've talked about this in a couple of different episodes that like the, the rate that, especially in B2B, data degrades is absolutely, I think something like in three months, half your data is dodgy. Of course. Whereas social media companies, they seem, I mean, for better or worse, they are very, very good at capturing and identifying the data that lets you target them. Definitely, yes. And the other part, I mean, it's kind of a, a segue across those. Do you think copywriting for email copywriting for content and copywriting for social are separate skills or is that something that's not worth worrying about separate skills the reason why separate skills is because it all falls down to the length now um if you were to now talk about for example social let's say we'll talk about twitter twitter increased from you can say like 140 characters to about 280 characters now when it comes to any tweets mm -hmm. and um, being able to have the skill on how to actually you can say, shorten your message in the most effective way possible it is something invaluable for any marketer or any agency or worker to actually like, work on, especially when it comes to approaching, in this case, so, um, not only just the needs of the agency, but the needs of the clients. And being able to master both long and short form copy is what would actually make you stand out, but it's making you stand out in a way that you know how to use words in a clever way to actually make someone take action. So obviously, if you were to throw in a bit of jargon, um, for example, like marketing jargon, so we have something called CTAs, or call to actions. Mm -hmm. Now, um, being able to have copywriting though that actually helps people take action, it means that you've actually gotten, gotten right now into that person's psyche to say, I would like to know more further about this brand or about this topic, but in a way though that it actually converts profitably for that person. But on the other hand, um, when it comes to, for example, LinkedIn, LinkedIn allows you to actually have, have the, you could say that like much more longer form content. Reason why is because if you look at the audience of LinkedIn, it is mostly um, people that are obviously like B2B professionals, business owners, corporations, social enterprises. These kind of people are actually much more open to read much more longer form copy, especially if it's relating to, in this case, one or two of their needs right now for their industry. So um, you can say all in all though, 
Um, master in short and long form form the writing right now, especially when it comes to copy though, it actually makes you, you to stand out, especially when it comes to any kind of marketing channel. Yeah, I've noticed a pattern when I'm on LinkedIn at the moment, you know, when you see a post that says see more, I think what seems to keep happening to me is that I, I'll skim what's above the fold or above the click, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll sort of keep scrolling past, and then it takes a couple of seconds of my brain to click and go, oh, actually, you know, that was interesting, and I scroll back up, and then, then click read more. So there's, I don't, I don't know what point you can take from that about attention. Like, there, you don't have to hit someone with the value straight away. You've just got to grab their attention, but you might have a little bit more time. And Or possibly that's just me. I don't know. I don't know if you've come across anyone else do that. I understand, yeah. yeah. The other thing with social is that, polls on LinkedIn seem to be like they seem to have a huge resurgence they now they to be dying off again mm-hmm. like they were, there was one point where every other post on my dashboard was a poll and what what do you think is behind that are they just forgetting are they, are they just forgetting that single click engagement or are they actually leading into something deeper do you think leading into something deeper I mean because um by looking at the nature of a poll in general it's simply to collect insights to collect insights from in this case, people's um, opinions to a certain kind of question, a certain kind of topic. And obviously, poll questions give a series of answers for people to choose. And based on the advertiser's, um, you could say, goal or mando, it's a way for them to actually be able to peek though what is interesting and what actually can help them with their own marketing. Because at the end of the day, if an actual advertiser does advertise on LinkedIn, though, then they see all of that data. All of that data is going back to their marketing department to help, in this case, improve their products or improve their service. So, in this case, um, polls are more, you could say, um, intellectual way of how to, in this case, gather people's um, views and responses, though, but it also helps the business profitably. And what better way, though, than to do it um, on LinkedIn, where most likely you'll get very um, straightforward, serious answers, especially in that environment that we actually are in when it comes to LinkedIn. Yeah, I suppose you brought it better down to yes or no, then you get you get a it does seem to wipe out the debate quite a bit. There's been quite a few polls I've seen like yes, I sort of agree with it, but also no, and then I suppose maybe that's deliberate and then that, that you by deliberately reducing a complex topic to a yes no, you're encouraging people to also comment and that's extra engagement that they you then follow up on. So maybe there's multiple layers going on there. Definitely. That's... Definitely, Richard. <laughs> right. Okay, I mean, closing thought, I think we've done a a really quick canter through loads of different things for marketers to think about. I mean, when when you sort of take a step back and look at all the different clients you've served, how much marketing advice is largely the same for all industries? Is most of it transferable or is it really, are we at the stage where marketing is very, very industry niche specific, do you think? Well, um, pointing back to what I mentioned about mastering contextual writing, um, that's something that is universal to any kind of marketing channel, anything from social media, content marketing, SEO, paid ads, email, all of it requires some form of text um, as soon as someone decides to, in this case, take their time to actually engage with that channel to find out though how it could be, in this case, how it could be, you could say, of good value to them. However, um, not all you can say marketing is transferable because I can give a few examples. So, for example, um, if you look at the actual creative industry, 
the creative industry is much more pragmatic about their marketing. And what I mean by this is that creatives um, such as influencers, um, media and publishing, music artists, and so on, they mostly rely on their kind of content as opposed to written copies. So, for example, they would rely on, in this case, because they videos of, in this case, their work. Or they will rely on, for example, things like podcasts, like this one that we're on right now. Or even on the basis of, of actually like relying on logos or their work. So something much more visual that would take time out of the actual like mentally, um, also take time out of their skills, out of their actual, actual concepts that they actually put from pen to pad. And pen to pad, when, from pen to pad, then out of the like pen to software. So that's what they use as, that's all what they use when it comes to, in this case, how to market. Also, when it comes to, for example, law firms and the legal sector, they rely on information and case studies as this is actually key content for them because when it comes to, in this case, the legal sector, the legal sector relies on information such as PDFs, white papers, and actual cases that they've actually won in the past. We, in this case, it could be, for example, like commercial law, um, it could be, for example, environmental law, um, any, you could say, law case that has been won, though, that's their marketing asset that they actually portray on digital to actually get more clients to come onto them to hire them as a lawyer in this case. And finally, if we look at real estate, real estate relies on not only just videos and pictures of how good a property is, be it that it could be commercial or in this case, it could be residential, but we're also talking about the factual stats of the actual place. We're talking about, for example, demographics, um, for example, like what kind of location, and even, for example, like psychographic information, as this is all what sells, because after, in this case, someone looks at a property, be it that you could look at a house in Kent versus a house in central London, though, people will need to look at their own lifestyle. So, they, so some people need to look at, for example, can I drive there? Um, can I park my car there? Um, can I walk towards the train station, though? Um, can I go, for example, I grab a bag to eat, though? Can I be able to go relax at a spa? They'll look at their lifestyle after they look at the property. And this is all what markets especially even online, though, for them to actually take a decision on whether they want a view or not. So um, in this case, Richard, all in all, though, there are like different kind of laws and principles when you look deep into an industry with how like, marketing actually applies. But from what I know from, in this case, my expertise, as well as also the, like, my past five years of running my agency, I believe that copywriting is the first key thing right now to actually address any kind of marketing channel before we then start looking into the different kind of industries exactly. Cool, okay. Uh, that's a really strong call to action point to end the podcast on. Brilliant. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for thanks for being on and no problem. I'll speak pleasure. to you again soon, I Richard. Thank you very much for this podcast session. It was a pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of That Marketing Podcast. You clearly have wonderful taste. We hope you found the content useful and, and enjoyed it. We'd love you to subscribe wherever it is you're listening to us. Maybe leave us a review. If you can think of a topic that you, you'd like us to cover, or even if you fancy coming on the podcast and sharing your own experience on a particular topic, uh, you can reach us at marketingteam at spotler.co.uk. Thanks once again and happy marketing.